It's a movie about Barbie. She can't find an exit. Oh, she found an exit. The exit's anytime she wants to. The exit's that building, that van. She can leave anytime she wants. Oh my gosh. Cocaine gives you super strength. Cocaine gives you super strength. Cocaine gives you super strength. Welcome back. Horror Soup is back. Welcome. We're we're here. J- thanks thanks for introducing me, James. I didn't want to do that actually, so thank you. Da 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 da. I made it. It's the soup. It's the soup guy. Hey guys, James is here too. James, I guess James kind of just takes breaks with me if I break. Yeah, we break. But I guess we're still. It, it's weird because it doesn't. I don't know how to say like, hey. I'm back from a break because is like the day two of the break. You're technically still on the break. And I would I would say, hey, like you're taking a break. You're taking some time, which is good. But also like you you don't want to be bored. Like you, you need to stay busy. And, and sometimes that's just how it goes. You know, it also just becomes a thing of like necessity where I already discussed this movie and then the file got destroyed. So now I'm back here. Talking about it again, and we had to swap people because all the people involved with the initial recording didn't want to do it again because <laughs> you know it just uh, becomes a a heavy task. Yeah, it's hard to talk about the same movie twice. It is. It is. It's something I struggle with, even just like when it goes well. So when right. it doesn't go well, and then like what happened is someone's audio didn't get recorded. So um, yeah, here we are. <laughs> This is going to be great. I'm so excited to talk about No Exit. I'm so happy that I have the opportunity to speak on this film. It's so weird because I don't remember what the other option I had instead of this was, but the only reason I picked this was because Neo was telling me to watch this movie, and then like three days later, Leon, or fucking, I just like mixed his name with Neo's, Leon pulls up. And he requests that I do this or another movie. I don't remember what the other movie was, but I was like, all right, well, Nia was already telling me to watch it. So it's another one of those movies that I just have to do with Nia because she tells me to watch it. And someone else pulled up and told me to watch it right after for whatever reason. And then, uh, yeah, it exploded. So now me and James are doing this. There's also an interesting story to this, though, because very recently, wait, that was another Leo movie. Leo told us to do Werewolves Within, which was the other movie with a fucking commercial celebrity. And I would say that those that those these two movies are actually quite similar in many aspects. They're so similar. Many aspects. What is he doing? I don't know. Do you think he's going to do Flo next? Is Flo in a horror movie? Someone told me that Flo's in a movie. I don't remember if it was a horror movie or not. I can't remember, but I, I, apparently she's in a movie. I hope Flo. Is this a theme he's going for? <laughs> is that is it even possible to have that as a theme? Yeah, I mean he's two for two. How many more are there? Maybe there's more. I mean, who are the other big the Geico Gecko? Okay, you think he's in a movie? Yeah, he's got to be in a horror movie, right? He's probably in like Frogs, <laughs> that old movie from like the eighties or seventies or whatever. Frogs, yeah, where they just superimpose like footage of just regular ass frogs like jumping on buildings and stuff. Uh, no, there's like it's a horror movie, and there's just it's all about snakes and tarantulas. Oh, uh, okay. 
But like, there's a few frogs involved. I love you snakes know, like, and tarantulas. They show up. Yeah, they're cool. You just think the movie's about something else. But I mean, we're not here to talk about frogs, snakes, or tarantulas. Or well, I guess we are here to talk about people on commercials. Who else is popular on commercials? That's about it. I mean, you got the uh, Jake from State Farm guy. Yeah, I watched a video about him recently, and I guess he wasn't an actor, and he didn't want to be an actor or something like that. Or maybe he did want to be. I think he wasn't initially. And then they were like, hey, you want to be in this commercial? And then it was a hit, and then they replaced him, and then I think people got mad, and then they like shouted him out in some other commercial or something. I don't know what he's doing now, so I'm getting nowhere with that story. But He's fucking Jake from State Farm now. He was in fucking NBA 2K. Like He like is the character now. Like That's his life. Like flow, so we have flow, we have the Allstate guy, we have the AT and T girl, mm-hmm. and we have Jake from State Farm. I want to put them all in a movie together. Do you think Billy Mays is in a movie? No, that'd be really cool. Yeah, it's a shame that he's not. You don't think he is? I don't it's think possible. he is. Okay, not that I don't think it's it's completely impossible. Like it's surely possible, but I really don't think he is. I think I would know about it. I feel like he'd be a great actor. Probably. Okay. I want to see him in an Evil Dead movie. Okay. I want to see him like, I want to see him as Bob the Builder. You know what I mean? Like a rugged like live Bob... action Bob the Builder? A live action Bob the Builder, you know? <laughs> hey guys, I'm Bob the Builder with the quicker fixer hammer. Hold up though. Is it like super dark and he's actually insane and he thinks that all of the tractors and heavy equipment are real and he like goes out and talks to him every day man what do you gotta do billy mays like that you know we were having like a really good conversation up until that it's point. like some Birdman level shit you just had to go there didn't you james i did you know you just had to go because there. there is no exit yeah there is you just walk out the door there's no exit you literally can just walk out the door should we start talking about the movie by talking about how ridiculous the name of the movie is? No, we should probably do a few things before we do that. Okay. Hey, guys, it's been a long three weeks. Not at all. It's been like two days right now. I have no concept of the time for what you guys are experiencing. You, you guys aren't experiencing this for like two weeks from now. Um, hey, guys. Good to be back. <laughs> hey. So No Exit is written by Andrew Barrer, Barrer and Gabriel... Ferrari. If that guy doesn't own a Ferrari, it's kind of just a... I'm pissed, is what I'm saying. But from what I can tell, they haven't done much aside from writing on Ant-Man versus the Wasp, which is something, but, you know, I'm not. they didn't write, like, the whole thing. It looks like they did writing on it. And the whole thing is based on a novel written by Taylor Adams. Do you know... Did you talk to your wife about that, James? Do you know anything about the book? Yeah, so from what I understand about the book is it was very, very well received by, like, the thriller fandom, uh, mostly because it is uh, very action-packed. There's not a lot of downtime. Uh, My wife, Hannah, did not like the book. So, um, like most people did, it was very popular, and she was like, yeah, this just is, like... A little much, which now that I've seen the movie, I can understand why someone might think it's a little much. Uh, (laughs) Did she say anything about whether or not this relates to the book at all? Like, is the book anything like this? Because there are, yes, there are lots of things in this that are 100% in the book. And from what I understand, the book does follow the plot pretty well. 
uh, one of the big glaring things, I guess I should just throw this in to get out of the way, because they waste so much time in this movie on this whole backstory of the main character Darby being an addict and it like ruined her relationship with her family and she's in rehab. Then she escapes rehab and all of this shit. And I'm going to be completely honest. None of that matters whatsoever. We didn't need any of that for this movie. None of that's in the book. Oh, that's not in the book. None of that is in the book. She is a college student driving home to see her, driving home to see her mom. Does she do drugs? No. Those were liberties? The drug stuff has nothing to do with the book. Wait, okay, see, that pissed me off because I thought they had to put that in for some reason because it was in the book. Because when I'm watching this movie, the whole time I'm thinking, this whole drug thing did not matter, and it just took up so much time in this movie. That So much time. And by the way, isn't it like an hour 24 or something like that? Yeah. It's short, but it doesn't feel very short. It feels kind of long, like really long. This movie fucking drags, and part of it is because of this melodramatic drug addict side story that isn't part of the actual story. I was willing to let that whole thing slide because I thought it was part of the book, and I still didn't like it. I still thought it was like depicted terribly if it was. Sure, sure, sure. But that sucks. Are you telling... They just did all that for no reason? Because it's no reason. Like, if you watch the movie, there's no reason for it. It's just terrible writing. That's all it is. It's an excuse for terrible writing. Wow, that sucks. It's bad. Well, are there other things about the book? Do you want to, like, say anything? Am I am I going too deep right now? Um, Let me double check. I think that was the biggest thing. Uh, and then the other thing I will reveal when we get to it. Because this movie has, like, seven twists. This movie has more twists than M. Night Shyamalan movie, but in the worst way. None of them are fun. None of them are exciting. All of them are so predictable. And even when it's slightly not predictable... It's just stupid. It's not fun. Like, no... No part of it is exciting, so... The one, the ones that are unpredictable are just stupid. Okay, I can give some positives to this movie, though. I mean, the cinematography is good. The kills are pretty good. Yeah. But the dialogue is dog shit. Some of the acting is pretty good. Some of the acting I'm not a fan of whatsoever. But the plot and the writing is just so bad that it's hard to, like... It's hard to even give points to this thing just because of that. But, like, I don't know. It has a lot of good parts. It had potential to be a good movie. And that was the crazy thing is, like, when... And and maybe this is me growing as a viewer, or maybe it's not. I don't know. Maybe it's just you being pretentious. It might be me being pretentious. But I genuinely felt like, in my opinion, it seemed to me like there's not very many characters in the movie. You know, it's a pretty small cast, a lot of just, like, you know, tight situations and conversations and stuff. And so, to me, it felt like these actors were doing everything they could to save just a terrible script. That's what I felt. I mean, its biggest flaw is just that it's boring. It's very boring. How does it have all these twists like a fucking tiger tail donut, but it's still boring as fuck? Because I think all the twists... Correct me if I'm wrong. It's I've, it's been about two weeks since I've watched the movie. I watched it like two or three times in a short time span. So I was like, you know what? I don't need to watch this again right now. Like it, it, it it's I've seen it enough. <laughs> um, but correct me if I'm wrong. 
most of the twists are toward the end. Like you get like one or two of like you get the two biggest twists toward the beginning and then everything else is just like toward at least like, you know, after the 50 minute mark or something, which I mean, it feels like an eternity, but really it's all in the span of maybe like 30 minutes, like max 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, no, that's about right. It's also one of those movies that suffers from uh, you should have ended at least seven times. Yes. It feels like Avatar, and Avatar is, like, twice as long. I think in my notes there are three different times that I'm like, why does the movie continue? Just leave. You're done. I had to take a piss toward the end of this, and I was like, I'm just going to finish the movie first. And I stood up, like, three times because I thought the credits were about to start rolling, (laughs) and I had to keep sitting back down, and it was, I mean, I wasn't happy with that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we should probably move on. It's directed by Damien Power. Produced by Scott Frank, who worked on the screenplays for Marley and Me, Logan from 2017, yep. and he also created The Queen's Gambit. Son of a bitch. Yeah, I never watched the show, but I mean, I, it was all I heard about for a while. I watched like two episodes. It seemed good. I just, I don't know anything about it. I mean, I know it's about chess. I know yeah. the chick is like an alcoholic, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, it wasn't my kind of show, but I can respect it. For what it is, it's fine. I mean, that thing was popping. It was definitely number one on Netflix for like a solid probably like three, four months, what? Something like that. It was a big deal. The music was composed by Marco Beltrami, who has done everything from Scream to Fear Street, iRobot, World War Z, and of course, of course, James, the Fortnite trailer. Wow. How specific. A master of the arts, a musical genius. I got nothing bad to say about the the score of this movie. Some prowess, you know? Like, I mean, this guy is, uh, he, uh, he goes around, you know? I don't know that, like, I would say that the score was super memorable or anything, but I definitely... I enjoyed it. Never thought it was bad, so... Well, I mean, every movie that he scored, I've pretty much always enjoyed. Actually, I remember that being something that I enjoyed about the movie, too, like... I like yeah. the score in it. I guess that's another thing that I would put in the positive section. Yeah. So. Eh. Yeah, I'm fine with the score. I couldn't find a budget for the thing because it's a Hulu movie. Uh, and it's also pretty new. I'm sure maybe some information will come out in like a year or two or something like that. But at the moment, couldn't find anything. So far, it has a 58% by critics on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a 55% by the audience and a 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb. I would say everything sounds fine. IMDb seems a tad bit high, but that's it. Just a little bit. When you think about it, though, the IMDb translates to, uh, I mean, not much higher than the tomato. Like, it translates to, like, a 3, you know, out of 5. So, honestly, like, I'm not too mad about it. I feel like... It's sitting where it should be, you know. Like if it was anything higher, I'd be a little bit, uh, a little bit worried. And knowing what I know, that like apparently this book was a pretty big deal when it came out. There probably were a lot of book people who loved it and probably did love the movie. Yeah, it's fair. So, well, I didn't read the book. I just watched the movie. Yep. Same. All right, so we'll get into this this movie. I actually have a lot of notes about this. Great. Let's go. So introduction. We're at an AA meeting, and our main character, Darby, played by Havana Rose Lou, isn't having the best time, one would say. Is that that fair to say? Yeah, she's not having a great time. It's made clear pretty early on that she's there under, like, a court-mandated kind of situation, and it's about to be her turn to speak all of her truths. You know, you gotta let those truths out when you're in the AA circle. Yeah. You been there? I have not. 
Although, let me say, I guess, like, in evangelical Christianity, there definitely are situations that are very, very similar. Okay, in what ways? I mean, pretty much the same pretty much the same way. It's just maybe you're not specifically talking about, you know, a substance abuse problem, but like So you're telling me a Christian is drunk and then the priests are like fucking like spraying them with like, you know, little spray bottles of like holy water and like, you know, like washing their sins away. No, absolutely nothing like that. But I mean like the okay, group, explain the further. group the group counseling. Like I would have I I have run meetings almost exactly like this. Like what I said, right? I'd never sprayed anyone with a spray bottle, no. that That's not part of it. Okay, well, we said the same thing, but then now you're saying that that's not what you did. When did anyone get sprayed with holy water in this movie or otherwise? I didn't say in this movie. I thought that was what happened, like, in your situation in real life. No, evangelicals don't really even believe in holy water. That's pretty much just a Catholic thing. Uh, okay, well, what kind of water do you guys have, then? Uh, Usually fucking Kirkland... <laughs> From Costco. Wait, you baptize people in Kirkland water? 100% yes. Wait, are you fucking... Are you... I'm 100% serious. I know, I know. I'm looking at your face right now, and that's why I'm... This is not a joke. You baptize people in Kirkland water? Yes. I have done that. What do you... What makes a... What makes being baptized being baptized? Why can't I just... If I... Hypothetical. If I wanted... To baptize myself right now, why can't I just pour some Kirkland in my tub and hop in there? You can. There's actually okay. nothing in, in the Bible that says you have to be baptized by a priest. That's not a thing. Okay. That's just a thing that, like, again, like, certain, like, fucking offshoots, not offshoots, what are they called? Sects of Christianity will be like, oh, you have to be anointed or whatever, but, like, there's nothing in the Bible about that. Actually, the guy who baptized Jesus was just, like, a random-ass homeless guy. Okay. No, you just, you're giving me ideas. <laughs> I'm just gonna start baptizing people all the time now. There's nothing stopping you from doing that. No, yeah, I'm gonna put Kirkland in water balloons, and I'm gonna throw them at people. Yeah, you can do that. I mean, I don't think... M many people would consider that to be baptism but no but i'm gonna yell it's actually like like the honestly like the religious answer is that like it's not about the act or like the ceremony it's about the decision that you're making in your heart yeah the decision i'm making in my heart to throw a water balloon at you and yell you're baptized <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean you could say i baptize you in the name of horror soup absolutely I'm not doing that in the name of that. I'm just, I'm <laughs> baptizing people. Like, I'm not giving them any names. I don't want this to go back to me. No, you should. It'd be a great uh, viral marketing campaign. Well, okay. I'm not going to say what I was going to say. <laughs> I was just, I'll say it. I'll say it. I was just going to say that I could crucify you as a viral stunt. Okay. But then I wasn't going to, but then you started laughing, so, you know, and then I said it. Ha, that ha, seems you know. like a lot. It does. It does. It seems like a lot. You know, I I decide against. <laughs> There's a lot of things that I would do for the show. I don't know if being crucified is one of them. I'll try anything once. I mean, if you crucify someone right, you don't get to try again. I'll try anything once, baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, God. Are we have we what are we talking about? 
We, we haven't even left shut rehab up, dude. yet. Sh- we still got to escape up. rehab. Let's dude, go. We got to escape rehab. Let's go. Okay, so she's speaking her truths, and then someone walks in the room, and he goes, hey, Darby, you got an urgent call over here. So she dips out. The person on the other end of the line seems to be, I don't know, her friend. Doesn't really matter. The specifics don't matter. He tells her that her mom's in the hospital because she just had a brain aneurysm, which is, you know, I think kind of how I felt watching the movie. After she gets the news, she tries to make a call to her sister and gets ass-dicked by some guy who calls her a crackhead, even though he kind of looks like crack itself. Oh, yeah. Machine Gun Kelly? Machine Gun Cracky. Yeah, so later that night, she gets a hold of a jail phone. She calls her sister. Her sister says, oh, yeah, hey, dude, mom fucking hates your guts. Don't show up, dick. I hate you, too. Ha ha. So naturally, since her mom hates her, sister hates her, what does she do, James? Escapes rehab. She's going to break out, dude. She's going to visit her ma and pa. Well, actually, I don't know where her pa is. No, we do not know anything about Paul. Nah, we never hear anything about Paul. That kind of sucks. You know, I've watched uh, No Country for Old Men like probably like six times over the past week. I noticed that you uh, reviewed it on Letterboxd. Yeah, I like rewatched it for the, well, not the first time in a while. I think I watched it like last year or something, but I watched it and then I just kept watching it. <laughs> so can we talk like as soon as she escapes? I really like No Country for Old Men. It's a very, very good movie. I think everyone knows that. Josh Brolin's such a good actor. The best of the Brolins, some might say. Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, well, you can't say that when I, I actually have, like, an Amityville thing right here, and I'm looking at James Brolin, like, right mm-hmm. here. So, like, that's kind of rude. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't say that when I'm looking at the at the, at the the man, you know? I don't the know, fucking, man. The creator right here. No, you're right, though. Josh Brolin is better. But look at these flies. Is there, are those flies? I'm so happy you have the flies. That's amazing. Yeah, you're right. Josh Brolin is cooler. All right. I get it. I get it. You know, I want to defend Amityville, but, you know, like, I get it. I get it, man. Josh okay. Brolin's cool. So, but for real, there is this dramatic-ass jump scare title card. And for what? Okay, yeah, we got to build for up to that, too. What? Because, I trust me, I hated the way they used the title card. Because, like, okay, this is how it's set up. She looks to the left, she sees Crack itself, Machine Gun Cracky, she decides it's her time to go, and then she runs out the door, which is just a push door. Like, the fact that, like, this is supposed to be some place that's, like, court-mandated and they can't leave, and there's no locks to it, like, you could just, right. like, push a door at any point and leave is ridiculous. Didn't need a security code or anything. <laughs> but I guess maybe the only reason is, like, they are kind of on a random mountain. I don't know if the weather is always like this, but right now it's snowing. It looks like they she has to get down a big old mountain, so I'm assuming they don't have cars there, and, like, they're just kind of assuming, like, hey, where the fuck are you going to go if you leave? Right. So, I mean, I don't know. She did have different circumstances because she's about to steal a car in a second. So maybe, you know, that's that has something to do with it. But I don't know. They didn't explain any of that. They did not. I don't even know exactly where they are. Do you know where this is supposed to take place? I forgot. I want to say, like, Idaho or some shit. Yeah, so I don't know. It's never really explained, but... She's trying to get to California, and we know that there's another vehicle from Nevada, so... Okay, yeah, so she has to be somewhere around that area. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have no idea where they are. Anyway, she pushes the door open, and we'll move past the fact that she can just leave. She can just leave. Just leave. She can just leave. That's just what's happening. You can just leave leave drug jail. So she pushes the door, she runs out, and then the screen goes like black for a second and it cuts and it goes, no exit, title card on the screen. 
Right after she exits a building. Right after she exits. That was just the most, like, I don't know. Like, I I can't say I was mad, but I was, like, aggravated, you know? Like, I don't know. I was aggravated about the whole thing. I was, like, all this, and even with, like, a, I mean, we talked about the score for a second. Even with, like, an orchestral sting and everything. And I was, like, all this for fucking what? Nothing's even happened yet. Like. Yeah. You haven't earned this title card. It is a cool title card, but you haven't set it up and earned it. The title card itself was awesome. Like, no complaints. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah, like you said, the fucking score was going crazy. It sounded cool. It looked cool. It was nice. It was visually appealing. But the timing of it was just so weird. Like, no one died. No one got beat up. She didn't do some crazy shit to leave. She just looked over to the side and was like, Okay, this dude isn't looking at me. Push the door open, and it's like, no exit. This is crazy, right? Like, no, it's not. <laughs> the first time you see the girl exit something, it says no exit. That annoyed me. I don't know. Maybe it's that thing where I'm thinking of the title, but maybe titles shouldn't matter that much, but they matter enough, depending on what you're going to title a movie. I'm so I'm so mad at the title. I'm so mad at it. I, I don't know if I'll ever stop being mad at the title of this movie it's just the fact that i mean obviously we haven't talked about it yet but nothing's gonna change <laughs> there's never a point in this movie where you feel like someone can't leave like there's sometimes where you feel like there's some suspense and like you know there's gonna be like like something bad's gonna happen you know if you leave maybe which i guess could mean no exit but there's uh, there's never that sense of urgency really at all like there's there's always an exit is what I'm trying to say. There's pretty much always a way out in this movie. It's just annoying, you know? I just... I, you shouldn't be able to exit that easy. <laughs> so she breaks into Crack itself's car. She looks for keys, but instead she finds crack. Probably not crack, but for the sake of conversation. Um, and then she jams a flathead into the car's ignition. She gets the car going. She drives up an incredibly snowy mountain, and then she gets a text from her sister, probably like halfway up or something. I don't know. She tells her... Do not come. We don't like you. Pretty much is just reiterating herself. Like, she already knew this information, which I think it's kind of weird that, like, it didn't set her off the first time. But then when she sees it again, you know, I mean, I guess it, I, that could happen in life, obviously. But uh, I guess it's just stupid when you're watching a movie. I don't know. It's just a, kind of annoying. It's dumb. Anyway, I thought she did drugs right here. What did you take from this scene? I thought she was just, like, crying. Okay, because you remember, like, how she looks at the drugs when she, like, pulls over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She looks at them. She knows they're there. I didn't think she did them right there, though. I thought she did, and then I was it was pointed out to me that she didn't. No, because it gives you superpowers. Yeah, I know. I thought, for some reason, I just thought it happened multiple times, and it just gave her superpowers in that scene later. <laughs> for anyone that doesn't understand what's going on, she's going to become a superhero later. So, naturally, she falls asleep in the car because she's been driving for a while, and the next thing we see is someone slamming on her window screaming. And I thought the first couple of times that I watched this, that this was just some random chick like pounding on it, you know, because basically what, what happens right here is she's like, oh, deed. It looks like she's dead and whatnot. Um, and she's passed out in the car and someone's like slamming on the window. I thought she was dreaming that she OD'd and passed out like right there where she like, you know, was sleeping in the car on that mountain. And she died, and then some random chick, like, walked by and was pounding on it. Apparently what was actually going on, and I don't know, maybe this is just me. Ho I'm hoping that I explain that 
and there's just like one person in the world who had the same experience I did. But um, James is looking at me like a crazy person, so I'm sure he knows what actually happened, which is that it was her sister, I believe, um, pounding on her window when she OD'd previously. Yeah. And it was her having a dream, remembering that. Yeah. That's not what I thought happened. <laughs> I watched it twice, and I paid, like, really good attention to it, too. Or at least what I thought. Maybe I didn't pay attention to those scenes as much as I thought I did. But uh, I came out of it, and then I explained that when I was recording it the first time. I'll just say it. It was with Nia with Brie, because I, I thought I was only going to mention that, like, once or twice. But I should know that if I'm talking about a conversation before and I got a bunch of shit wrong, I'm going to mention it. So, for sake of conversation, it was Nia and Brie. But when I recorded it with them, they were both like, um... No, that's not what happened there. And I was like, I thought some chick or she thought some she just imagined some chick knocking on her window and she was passed out right there. And they were like, no, that was her sister. I didn't catch that the first time. Her sister was so insignificant to me, like even watching it a second time, because even when you finally see her sister, you see her for two fucking seconds at the end of the movie. Yeah. And you never see her before that. So I don't know. I guess I was just in a different mindset. I just I wasn't following, I guess. Bro, I'm pretty sure, like, the time of day even changes in those shots. It was really snowy, though. (laughs) Look, when snow's involved, I don't know what time of day it is. You have no idea what's going on. I can't, like, follow you. I can't be held responsible for, you know, what else is going on. It is snow. It's it's probably night. Maybe not. the fuck don't be ridiculous dude i live in california fucking sunny I'm california pretty sure bro when it flashes back you can tell that she's like in sunny california dude i've seen snow like twice i have no idea what it looks like when there is or isn't it snow <laughs> i don't know what's going on to that point oh man i'm just saying i'm pretty sure they like show palm trees and shit you're being ridiculous i think you can see them in the background I feel like you're going overboard now. If that actually happened and there are palm trees, I'm fucking pissed. I'm letting I you think, know right now. I I'm think it's you. true. I'm not going. I'm not being extreme. When did you watch this movie? Like a week ago. Nah, I don't believe. There's no fucking way there's goddamn palm trees. If there's palm trees in this, I quit the podcast. I quit. I'm done. <laughs> I know this is the first episode back. I quit. I quit. If, if there's palm trees in this scene, I'm done. I can't. I'm, I've lost it. I've, I'm not. I don't have my touch anymore. I've never had it to begin Do with. Do we need to pull it up real quick? No, I don't want to know. I want to live in ignorance. Let me be. <laughs> let me just let me just live my life. OK. Oh, my God. This is upsetting. Anyway, I just told you what actually happened. But she ends up waking up from that dream, which I thought was a different dream. She did read Word of Magazine, but in a different way than I thought she did. So this cop pulls up, and he's like, hey, road's messed up. You got to go with this uh, rest stop. And she goes, uh, I don't know if I really want to do that, but she also has this, uh, you know, this thing in her mind where she has a bag of Coke in her hand. Like, I think it's still in her hand. Did she put it in her pocket? I think she might have put it in her pocket. It's something to be a little nervous about, sure. Yeah, but she still has, like, this big old bag of fucking crack amphetamine right here. So she's a little bit worried. It doesn't really go in there. Basically, he just says, go to the rest stop, and she goes to the rest stop. Like, they kind of, like, have a little tug of war, but really for no reason. Like, where the fuck else was she going to go? He's literally telling her, you know what? Now I'm going to get mad. I was just going to say this and, like, let you it. You should get mad. You should get mad. Where is she going to go realistically? She's trying to, like, fight him as, like, oh, well, are, what do you mean I have to go to the rest stop? When he literally says, all right, so you got, like, uh, your wheel's going to turn three times, 
and the road's done right there. But if you let your wheel turn six times to the right, there's the rest stop. <laughs> Those are your options. Yep. And she's like arguing against him. It's ridiculous. It's like what this again, just like I was like, oh, the super cool dramatic title card. But for what this fucking tug of war with the cop? But for what we never see this man again. Yeah, because even when a cop shows up later, it's a different cop. And this scene took... I know! This scene, like, it's just weird because it took, like, seven minutes. Really felt like we were setting something up and maybe he would be the cop who shows up at the end and saves the day. Nope, not even... Nope, not even remotely close. So she gets over to this, uh, this whole little rest stop. There's some people here. She doesn't really talk to them much the first time she sees them, though, right? Like, she kind of just, like, walks in, like, looks at all of them you know, like, assesses the situation, I guess, does an ocular pat-down, and then she walks back outside because, like, Ed, the Allstate guy, is like, hey, uh, cell phone service outside. Yeah, the most important thing to make note of now is that Ed is the Allstate guy. Yeah, we did, uh, uh, well, I guess we already talked about this with the whole Leo thing, but Ed is the Allstate guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll introduce the rest of this to the people soon. You know what, actually, I'll introduce Sandy now. Sandy is Spooge's girlfriend. Good old Sandy. Dude, good old Spooge, man. Her name's Dale Dickey, which is kind of just a funny name. I like when someone's name's Dickey, because I'm like, (laughs) 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 that's stupid. But, (laughs) you know, she just, uh, she always plays a good uh, fiend, I guess. Yeah, she's in a ton of stuff. Love her. She's great. I liked when she uh, dropped the, um, the ATM on Spooge's head in Breaking Bad. Classic. Best moment, really. 10 out of 10. So Darby goes outside to get some uh, cell phone service to make some calls. Yeah, because Ed goes, hey, I got some service out there by the tree. You know, the mirror tree. The one in the middle of the parking lot. Darby walks out the door. They are in a forest. There is a million trees. Literally a million trees. But he said the one in the middle of the parking lot. Which one? In the middle. There's like a, there's, there's, they're everywhere. They're just, you were completely surrounded by trees. They are everywhere. The mirror tree. I don't know what that is. Has like a mirror in it or something? Oh, that makes sense. I'll look for the mirror inside the tree. Yeah. Got it. It's like mirrors reflect uh, 5G towers and like make the, the, the water turn the frogs gay or something like that. That's what I heard. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just science, dude. So she goes outside to find some cell phone service and then she hears some thumping in a van so she walks over to it, she wipes some snow off the back window, and there's, like, a little girl in there. She's probably, like, I don't know, 9, 10, something like that. I don't know ages. No, that's about that's about accurate. You have a child around that age. Is that is that about right? Yeah, um, I did look it up because I was curious. I believe the actress was 11. Okay, so, yeah, she's somewhere around there. Yeah. So Darby tries to open the van, but the doors are locked, and she doesn't completely know what to do, so she takes a picture of the license plate and looks back and sees someone inside the rest stop looking back at her. Was that stringy hair? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. So she tells the girl that she's going to get her out, and she tries to act natural for a bit, but now she's going to go back inside, and we're going to play a game of Clue for a bit. Yeah, okay, so here, first things first. This happens. Do you touch someone else's vehicle? What do you mean? Oh, like, while that... You're out there and you hear thumping. Do you go up there and brush the snow off the window? I sure as fuck don't. When you know that there's, like, four people inside of there and they could be looking out because there's, like, that that side of the uh, rest stop isn't walls, it's just windows. All windows. Thump, thump, thump. 
that's not enough for me to brush the snow off your window and look inside your car. I'm sorry. No, the thump, thump, thump is enough for me to already know what's happening in there and already be worried. <laughs> I mean, maybe there was a husky in there. He was fine. Maybe, yeah, but then at that point, if there's a if there's like a hurricane or something or whatever the fuck is going on, a blizzard. blizzard. Yeah, same thing. If there's a blizzard going on and uh, your dog is out there, I'm still going to think you're a dick. So True. That would probably be that, – that's exactly what my reaction would be. If I heard something in a car out there – I'd go and be like, oh, is someone's dog out there? You can bring him in here. It's fine. Like, that that would have been my reaction. Now that I think about it, though, maybe it's good that she checked because... I mean, if she doesn't check, there's no story. But I'm just saying she's stupid for checking. She's also she's also kind of an asshole. Like, that's why I got tinted windows. I don't want you seeing my shit. Like, stay the fuck out. Like, you know what? Now I'm going to take the opposite side because now you're an asshole because, you know... Hey, man, you got a girl tied up in the back of your van. I want to see through the tinted windows. I need to see what's going on. What the hell? She's she's the baddie, man. She's the baddie. Fucking, fucking personal property, my guy. Like, I think fuck your personal property if you have a 10-year-old in the back of your van. But she has no right to assume that from the get-go. Oh, thump, thump, thump. They must have kidnapped a small child. To be fair, though, I don't think she just heard thumps. I'm pretty sure she heard, like, distinctly, like, a girl's voice. Maybe. You could be right. No, I am right. I I know I heard a girl's voice. I still don't think that she had enough evidence to insert herself into this situation. But she was right. So abruptly. I, I would never. No one would ever. No one would ever. James, you sound insane. No one would ever do that. I will say one time on Halloween night, I was driving home with my ex-girlfriend, and then this chick ran in front of the car, and I don't know what was going on. And what did you do? You got the fuck out. I drove away. It scared the fuck you out of me. You got the fuck out. Yeah, I did. This is this is not your horse. This is not your race. You get the fuck out. <laughs> Darby's dumb. You're fucking already on the run, and you're going to insert yourself into the- Girl, walk away. You didn't see shit. Well, either way, she finds out that this girl's in here, and then she decides to go back into the rest stop because fucking stringy hair dude is looking at her. And we get introduced to everyone. We already know who Sandy and Ed are because we just explained them a second ago, but Lars is also here. He's just a stringy-haired, creepy-looking, like, standard incel-looking guy who's, like, never had sex in his life, never had a girlfriend, never, like, you know, touched another human being before, basically. Um, a recluse, a disgusting nerd um then we have ash jeez what poor lars oh he's a cool guy but um damn you just tore into him (laughs) i mean yeah he's a creepy dude for sure but like also as the movie goes along he kind of seems like he's the innocent one in this whole situation I think he's just got, like, some mental issues, and fucking Ash takes advantage of him. Fuck, I guess I ruined that. Sorry, Ash is a bad guy. (laughs) This is going great. My bad. I forgot about all the fucking twists. There's just so many. I never felt bad for Lars. (laughs) (laughs) Man, Lars... Lars is like fucking the guy from like of mice and men. Like don't no, he's just being used. Lars is like Leatherface. Like he's just being manipulated. 
He legit thinks that they're taking this child to his uncle. No, but at one point, they they say a little more. I, I feel like he kind of knows. He's like, don't we take them there so they can be with a better family? <laughs> he thinks they're like rehoming puppies from abused households. I just can't believe you called him Lenny. He's Lenny. God, I couldn't think of his name. Lars is fucking Lenny. Come on, man. To a T. You know what? Fucking, what's his, I don't even know Lars' name. I didn't write down the actor's name. Fucking him and fucking John Malkovich. You guys, you guys go with your Lars and Lenny combo. Lars is David Rizdahl. David Rizdahl and John Malkovich. You guys are buds. History. So we're also introduced to Ash. Ash is Ash. James already revealed him. He's another villain. My um, but around this time, Ed suggested they play some cards. And then Lars comes in and he goes, nah, let's play bullshit. Um, I don't have much to say about the game. Do you have anything to say about the game? I, I feel like they just kind of tell backstories. They like tell some boring jokes. They talk about like who was in what war. There's a couple really great lines between uh, Lars and Ed when he gets caught playing bullshit and he like say something and uh Lars is like don't make fun of me that's what I'm saying he's just standard <laughs> incel mess he's just like this little willard rat man that's what I thought I thought he was a rat so like I don't know maybe that's why I never felt bad for him he was a rat he's a rat person and then uh <laughs> he says that and then Ed goes no one's laughing dude he's totally treating him like a disappointed dad <laughs> like a, just like a dad who just like hates his son because he doesn't like football Dude, it's so funny. It's so fucking funny. Ed was my favorite part of this movie. Ed's great. I thought he was great, like, all the way through. He is golden. Like, Darby was cool, too. I liked her. Okay, how would you rate everyone? I guess, no, maybe it's too early. Maybe we'll rate them later. Yeah. Yeah, we have, no one even knows anything about these people yet. Yeah, we gotta keep moving. So, they keep talking for a while. It's basically just, like, Ed versus Lars for a little while. It's just, like, Ed slowly hating this guy more and more, and Lars just getting, like, more and more upset and, like, snivelly. 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 It's a word. They're all words. But eventually, Darby asks Lars where he's from and where he's going, and he says something about, like, Nevada. And if you're watching the movie, you'd remember that the van with the girl in it has a Nevada license plate on it. So, this is the moment where she goes, all right, it's this guy. And I guess as a, as a viewer, you know, it's so early in the movie. It's still, actually, I guess it's kind of late. It's probably like 20 minutes in or 25 or something at this point, I'm sure. But you just know it's not just Lars or, like, even if it is him, you know something else is going on here. Yeah, it was too easy. Way too easy and way too early. From the moment this character is shown, he's this greasy little rat man. And then it's like, oh, of course the greasy little rat man has a girl tied up in his pedophile van like are you like it was just way too easy and and when i watched it i was literally like this is the movie like seriously like that's lazy because if it was him then you're like okay we just saw we we just found out that this girl was kidnapped two minutes ago we see a nevada license plate and he goes oh i'm uh, driving to nevada that's it that's it if it was just that all right that sucks i was like that's the fucking mystery <laughs> that's the clue game that we were playing here so you immediately know that, like, there has to be something else going on just because of that. But it's just a matter right. of, like, all right, what the fuck are you doing? But, like, also, I felt like it was pretty easy to figure out what else was going next. That's why I didn't even care about you fucking, like, you know, calling Ash out. Because I feel like it was pretty obvious it was Ash. Like, what? It's going to be fucking... It's going to be Ed? No. It's not exactly. going to be Ed. 
Exactly. The warm fucking, like, veteran dude who's acting like a fucking dad to this girl. Like, it right. could be that in, like, some cases, but this isn't that movie. It just didn't feel like that. Yeah. He's just playing cards, dude. Would have been better if it was. Anyway, it's time for my next big question. This is actually my, like, the biggest question I have regarding the whole movie. I think I know what it is. Why the fuck is there a giant hole in the side of the building? I have no idea. Like, I get it. They said something like construction's going on or whatever, but I don't get it. This isn't a construction hall where, like, you know, they, they're they building something up and they left part of it out. This is just a hole in it's a wall. It's just a hole from, from floor to ceiling. Not ceiling, but, like, almost all the way to the ceiling. A giant hole in the wall. There's a blizzard, and there's just, like, a tarp in front of it. It's fine. And they never explain that. Like, I guess, I don't know. I guess there's not enough. There is not enough explanation. Look, I don't know the world where I want to sit around and listen to some fucking assholes explain to me why there's a hole in a wall. I don't know that I want that exactly, but I just, I don't know. I feel like I wanted more than what I got because it left me thinking, I've never thought so much about a hole in a wall before. On God, why not just a fire exit door? That would make a lot more Or another push to open door, just like the one she had earlier. Just like an emergency exit that maybe that maybe doesn't have an alarm on it. Like, just like, you know, a back door. Why can it just not be a back door? I think it's just for the sake that she can get back in this pretty easily. Because she knows about it and nobody else does. But everyone knows about it. It's dumb. And if that's from the book and it's just like that, it's still dumb. Like, it's dumb. And the whole issue with this movie, once things start like kicking off in a second, the whole conflict is that Darby told Ed about the whole situation too late. Yeah. If she just told, like, there's so many times in this movie where you could just avoid everything. I mean, Ed's the only one who doesn't know about the hole in the wall. He's the only one who doesn't know about the girl being kidnapped. In a second, he's not going to know about fucking Ash also being against him. Like, if at <laughs> any point she just gave him, like, a little bit of notice... And she is going to have a lot of opportunities. Oh, yeah. And there's plenty of times, too, where, like, they do this thing where, like, she, like, shows this tension of, like, she's in a room with Ash and Ed and she's, like, trying to pretend like everything's cool. And it's, like, she never had to do that. No, not at all. She never had to do that. If she's in a room with Ash and Ed and she looks at Ed and said, this guy's up to something shady. Like, Ed wouldn't have thought twice about just, like, tackling him. Like, he could have just punched the dude, like, right <laughs> then and there. That's all like, I was thinking the whole time. Thank you, because anytime he... I mean, I guess we haven't given enough, enough context for this yet, but whatever. They're going to be in a lot of just standoffs. So many standoffs. So many, where Darby feels like she can't do anything because Ash is giving her a look, and he has, like, a gun or something. But I'm like, you're all so close to each other that Ed could just reach over and punch this guy at a moment's notice. Or grab him, or he's a fucking badass military marine guy. We've already established that. So if if she goes, he's a rapist, and then that guy tried to pull a gun out, he would be able to disarm that dude before he could shoot him, like... <laughs> she could do anything to just like raise his alarm there are a lot of holes i will give it that <laughs> uh so darby goes out through this fucking hole in the wall she walks to the van she breaks herself in unfortunately right as she's about to free the girl lars comes back and darby has to hide under a blanket so while in the van lars is acting like a real weirdo i mean he's, he calls the tied up girl jay so we find out that her name's jay 
and he acts as if she's his homie. He's like, hey, dude, how's it going? You know, I'll bring you some food. You know, oh, I forget to give you some food and some more blankets. I got you, dog. I'll be here in a second. And Darby has a few opportunities to stab him, but this is also stupid as fuck. He's, like, in front of her, like, back turned to her, and she's about to stab him, and then she notices that he has a gun in the back of his pants. Like, you have multiple options. Actually, I think you could do both of them together. I was going to say your two options are either... Just stab him anyway, his back's turned to you, or grab the gun and then shoot him. You could do both. You could stab him and grab the gun at the same time and then shoot him. You could have done all three of those things right there, and he could have done nothing to stop you. His back is fucking turned to her. And somehow, somehow, she's just playing that game that you played whenever you were, like, four years old and just, like, put the blankets over top of you, and he just doesn't notice that she's there. Yeah, I mean, it's a whole person under a blanket right there, and he's basically standing on top of her and is like, none the wiser. Like, I mean, I get it, like, the whole thing of, like, the villain hiding in the back of the car or whatever, but, I mean, come on. It's pretty goofy. It's it's fucking it's fucking Looney Tunes. So it's a whole back and forth kind of thing for a while. Lars keeps going in and out to his van, which makes everyone else start to suspect him. And then Darby makes her way back inside of the facility through the hole. This whole thing is nonsense. They're like like running circles around the building, in and out of doors and, James, and holes you. James, in the James, wall. James, James. Dun 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 like it's, it's just... <laughs> fucking it's fucking Benny Hinn Scooby Doo bullshit. It's like how is this a how is this a live action movie? I feel like I'm watching a cartoon. I feel like at any point Lars or Darby was just gonna pull out a giant mallet and like hit the other one over the head with it and it was gonna go wah 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 one hundred. <laughs> So she's back inside now. Lars fully suspects her at this point because last time he went in the van, he saw footsteps leading out of the van. So he goes inside to find her. And at that moment, Darby's talking to Ash because Ash just kind of walks into the room. He notices that Darby was acting weird. And he's like, hey, Darby, uh, how's it going, dude? You know, blah, blah, blah. I'm just a really good guy. You know, I'm the good looking dude in the rest stop. So, you know, let me check on you. And then Lars is running in the room. So she starts to make out with Ash because she's like, oh, you know, if I make out with him, then Lars can't fight me right now. That'll make him uncomfortable. Which, I guess it works. Lars walks in, he sees them making out, and he leaves. Which, I guess, I'm glad you also mentioned that Ash is a bad guy, too, because under that... So did Lars actually just walk in, and was he actually just confused? He was like, oh, shit, okay, okay, I gotta leave. He's like, why is my homie kissing that girl? Yeah, exactly, like... (laughs) Was he scared, or was he giving him his privacy? Like, I don't know what the dynamic was there. No idea. Okay, well, that's, yeah. Like, why why does he not confront them right there? Why does he not be like, she was in the van, like... Yeah, how does... If he's so stupid... See, this is why it annoys me. If he's so stupid, how does he know that he's kissing her as part of, like, their deep plan right now? They haven't planned shit so far, and and from what I know about them... They are both terrible at planning anything. This whole plan from front to back has been the worst plan I've ever seen, and they will explain it in detail later. Honestly, you know who this, this like, character duo reminds me of is... The Three Stooges? I mean, yeah. But (laughs) for a more horror-related example, uh, George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino and From Dust Till Dawn... Oh, my God. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they kind of have a plan, but they don't have a plan. I'm going to go ahead and say 100%. That plan was a million times better than this plan. (laughs) 
a million times better. At least part of it made sense. At least a good amount of it made sense. They might have like made mistakes along the way, but like that plan could have worked. Like it feasibly could have been an option. This are you fucking kidding me? Well, I believe we're led to believe that they've done this many times. They work for this guy who was a child trafficker. This is what they do. And they've given zero examples of it actually working and of them <laughs> actually doing it. I don't believe that they've ever done it. I fully believe that this, is their, this first is their time. first time. Yeah, and they've been acting like it because they think they're cool. They're like, oh, yeah, dude, I do this all the time. I'm the fucking shit, man. You know, I just, you know, child trafficking uh, 101 over here, dude. Okay, fuck, like, it's just so, it's like one of those, like, Twitter people that are just really fucking creepy. And they're just saying something, like, with full confidence. And everyone's like, what the fuck? You want a list? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's these fucking guys, dude. They're fucking rookies. They're just, they're idiots. They're complete idiots. <laughs> it, may, it feels like a Breaking Bad plot, but like one of the subplots where they're like, oh, well, this fucking idiot fucked me up, so now we're behind another $3 million. Yeah, now like we a, gotta, couple, a couple random know? like side characters that you know are going to die. Oh, my God. So the whole kissing thing works. And Darby fills Ashen on the whole kidnapping situation. Like, she tells him everything that she knows, which is perfect for him. Because as we know, as James already told you guys, he's a bad guy. So, at this point, we don't know that he's a bad guy completely. Yeah. I mean, like, you probably know, to be fair, if you're watching the movie. But if you don't know yet, <laughs> like... The reveal is very, very soon. There's not much else that happens before they reveal it. It's very soon, but the only thing that happens, really, is that he says, hey... Go out to the van, since you're already under large suspicion, and then distract him, and I'll notify the others. Yeah. And then, you know, we'll save the kid. Which I actually, I don't know if I just misunderstood what they said, but I thought he told her just go outside, like, hey, you know, Lars is already suspecting you. If you just go outside, he'll follow you. I didn't know that her plan was to fully go in the van and try to save the kid right then and there. I was like, that seems fucking stupid and like a lot i don't like, think that was what he was suggesting i don't think it was i don't think he even said that to be completely <laughs> fair like right am i going crazy nah that's not how i read the situation at all it was like hey you go distract him i'm gonna go tell ed because ed probably has a gun yeah like you just walk outside and then that's what i got from it i thought she was just walking outside and then she started going to the van and opening it and going in i was like what are you doing i, I don't think this was part of the plan this seems this seems a little overkill right now. We're not ready for this part yet. I feel like that should have been what he told her. You know, it would have made sense knowing what we know, knowing sure. that he is trying to sabotage her. But he didn't tell her that, and then she still did the dumbest thing possible. Well, honestly, that's the problem with Darby as a character, and what makes her so hard to root for is she just doesn't know when to fucking stop. Yeah, because she's likable. The actress is cool. Not a bad actress at all. What Like, the best actress. Yeah, like, I, I, Ed and Darby were the only people I liked, really. Yeah, but Darby makes the dumbest decisions. And she just never knows when to just, like, stop for a second. She always goes one step too far, and then it causes another twist. Yeah, I don't like the twist, man. <laughs> well, she goes out to this van, and she takes the tape off of Jay's mouth. And Jay says, where are the two men that took me? And that's when she goes, two men, what? <laughs> I actually really liked it. I hated this scene. I really liked it. It was ridiculous, but it was like lifetime movie ridiculous. I really liked it. I despised it. 
I can understand why you would despise it, but I thought it was hilarious. It probably wasn't supposed to be hilarious, but I loved it. It totally wasn't supposed to be funny. They were so serious with that. <laughs> what? So that's when they tell us, oh, okay, it was Ash and Lars because she knows them by name. So, like, they just lay it right out for you. Right. And right after we figure that out, we look and we see Ash and Lars and they're standing maybe three feet away from the van and they're having the longest conversation in the world. Like, they're just talking. They're not, they do not make any haste to get to the van and to try to, like, you know, grab her or whatever. They give her enough time to, like, do whatever she wants. They're just like, we have total control over this situation. And they don't. They have zero <laughs> control over it. Oh, my God. Like, there's just, there should be a lot more sense of urgency. Okay, at this point... Like, we flashed back to Ed and Sandy a couple different times. And, like, they kind of hint that, like, maybe Ed is picking up on something. But, like, if you're Ed right now, like, every alarm bell should have went off 30 minutes ago. If we put ourselves in his shoes, these people are walking in and out, back and forth, over and over again, consistently... Like, over the course of 30 minutes, like, they're sweating. They're freaking out. They all look so anxious. Like, if nothing else, I'm getting Sandy and going to go sit in the car. Like, yeah, we're going to go start the car and just sit outside for a little while. Like, this is too much fucking activity for me right now. Yeah, because obviously, how I don't know how you would, like, come to the conclusion that what's happening is happening. But at least you'd be like, you know what? I shouldn't be around these people right now. Everybody's anxious as fuck, and we're already in a shitty situation. There's no reason for me to be locked in a room with all of you fuckers. Like, yeah, they would all be freaking me out, and I wouldn't want to be there. Exactly. Like, I'm going to go sit outside for a little bit. So, unfortunately, these dudes noticed Darby getting away because, obviously, I I, I don't need to say it. She, Of course she got <laughs> away. She obviously. Had, she had so much time. Like, of course she got away. So she gets away, and then they find her, they corner her as she tries to get inside through the hole and get Ed's attention. And Ash has her at gunpoint. He takes her phone from her, and then he goes through it, and he kind of just starts to roast her for the next few minutes. He's like, hey, idiot, you do drugs, your dad hates you, thinks you're a piece of shit, I think you're a piece of shit too, that's wild, ha ha ha, dummy. And the whole time, while Darby's getting roasted, Ed started to look for Darby because he, he's finally, you know... He's finally feeling like he should check some stuff out. Yeah, Ed finally confronts Lars. Not much happens from it. I mean, again, it's it's a they have an interaction, they confront each other, and then they move on. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. Why is it whenever Ash is pointing the gun at Darby's head in like different ways to like psychologically torture her because apparently her her dad shot himself? but he never holds it the way that I would imagine most people, like the most common way to shoot yourself. He he holds it in every other position, except like the most common one. He's psychological, bro. He's trying to get in your head all around you, Dolby atmosphere. I guess. Atmosphere. He's trying to scare me. So Sandy intervenes and asks to speak to Darby, which breaks the tension between uh, Ash's gun and Darby's forehead. But Ash threatens to kill everyone if she says anything. This is one of the moments where she could have said something. Did not matter. But I guess she couldn't because eh, we'll talk about it later. Oh, we'll get there. So everyone heads back into the main meeting room and they all start talking for a bit. And at one point, Darby looks out the window and sees Jay casually walking around. (laughs) The kid just got out because she like halfway got her out of like 
She cut her, uh, her, uh, she had like duct tape around her wrist or something like that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. She cut the duct tape or whatever the hell it was, handcuffs, I don't fucking remember. She, she left her that box cutter. Oh, yeah, and she left her the box cutter. And you look out the window and she's just walking around and she kind of like looks at her and like they have this moment where they're both like, yeah, we see each other. It's legit like, bitch, what you doing? Hide. <laughs> dude, and then Jay's literally just looking at her like, hey, dude, look, I got out. How's it going? And then finally, like, either Ash or Lars look at her, like, but they both end up looking at her. But yeah. one of them looks at her, and then she goes, oh, shit. And then she starts just, like, <laughs> jogging away. It's so fucking weird. Well, it's because she's sick. I get it. She's sick. She's young. Whatever. It's just so funny, though. Like, just the way they presented it was so goofy. It was super goofy. And also, apparently, this girl has this disease called Addison's, which means whenever her adrenaline gets too high, she can, like, die. So she's, like, the opposite of Jason Statham. Oh, yeah, because Ash says that to Darby a few times. He's like, you fucking probably excited her when you went out to the van. If you keep exciting her, she's going to blow up. (laughs) (laughs) Literally the opposite of Crank is what this movie is. Oh, my God. Which, if that's the case, like... How can she, like, never do we have, we, we don't even play with that, where we have a situation where, like, she's getting really, really worked up, and it's like, hey, you gotta chill, you gotta chill, like, we don't even do that. It's just, like, she takes the medicine, and now she doesn't have to worry about it anymore. Like, Have you seen Ghost of Mars? I have seen Ghost of Mars. I have Ghosts of Mars. There's Jason Statham, Pam Greer, and Ice Cube. And it's a John Carpenter flick. That shit's crazy, man. <laughs> I don't know if I like it that much, but it's the casting is great. It's not a good movie, but it's amazing that it exists. Yeah, no, I was sorely disappointed. I don't. I just watched it the other night, so it was just that popped up on my mind. You <laughs> said Jason Statham, and I was like, Yeah, there you go. Uh, anyway. Oh God, that I forgot. This is also where Sandy, uh, whenever she's like talking to Darby, and she's like, Oh no, it's just my mom. Like that's what she like like uses this like her cover story like oh i'm just worried about my mom and her aneurysm or whatever and then sandy says well if she's in the hospital she's in the best place she can be right it's like no bitch the best place she could be is at home not having an aneurysm yeah probably not dying <laughs> is probably the best place she could be like that is likely. not the best place i'm sorry i understand that you're like trying to make people feel better but like no there are better places they could be also, if we're talking about that conversation at one point, like they're talking for a while and Darby isn't giving her anything, and then she just stops. She goes, What do you know about aneurysms? <laughs> what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, just to like change the subject. Yeah, like how how is that the thing you're changing the subject to? And how is Sandy not like, That's a weird question? No, because here's the thing, too. If you think about the psychology behind that, like someone's not telling you what's going on with something you know they're like purposely like not telling you things and then they try to change the subject to avoid telling you something and then they go straight up to yeah by the way my mom's dying of an aneurysm that's obviously the biggest thing on your mind and the thing that you were trying to hide right so like what is bigger than that (laughs) that you're going to that to hide the other thing i would just be worried about what you're hiding at that point you know what i mean oh absolutely but telling me that part but this is a very important uh interaction Because if this interaction happened with Ed, the rest of the story is completely different. But because it happens with Sandy, for reasons that we will find out later, that's the reason why things play out the way that they do. Fucking stupid is what it is. I agree. Okay. So, yeah. Jay goes off running, so Lars and Ash leave the room again. Again. 
and they go off running after her. But then Ash kind of turns around because Darby, you know, runs around and goes the other way. And Ash starts choking Darby in the other room. He's, like, basically about to kill her. And then Lars walks in. He's like, what are you doing, dude? Why are you choking her? And then he's like, ah, you know, she's just, you know, I'm just choking her. And he's like, oh, dude, that's crazy. And then <laughs> Ash goes, well, what happened to Jane? He's like, she was too fast. And I was like, wait a second. You're telling me that nine-year-old was too fast for you? <laughs> she gone. This shit's so funny. And the, when we find her, it just makes this, like, so much weirder. When you find her collapsed? It's because it's because of where she ends up. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. So Ash doesn't kill Darby because Lars pulled up. And then they're like, well, I don't know what to do. The only way we're going to find her is by using Darby to call out to her in the right. fucking blizzard. Which I don't, I don't get how they came to that conclusion, really. Because it's another twist. So this happens for a bit. Now she's Darby... bait. So this happens for a bit, but Darby dun, eventually. Dun, dun. So this happens for a bit, but Darby eventually shines a light in their eyes, which blinds them beyond repair. <laughs> like they're done. Bro, this movie sucks, right? Can we just get it out? Like, can we just say this movie sucks? I'm starting to hate it more, yes. <laughs> starting to dislike it more. The more I think about little shit like that, I'm annoyed. Like, what? They acted like she just, like, threw fucking sand in their eyes. At least have fucking pocket sand. Give me something. Throw the cocaine in their eyes. She literally just turns around with a flashlight and puts it in their eyes, and they go, ah! And they look away, and she fucking flips. She basically does a flip. Starts rolling down the side of the hill, and dude, she slams herself on a tree. Oh, like, she gets her ass kicked. She gets destroyed. I was at that point. I was like, I don't even know if it was worth it. I think you got like three concussions out of that. At watching that was one of those moments that I was like, okay, like if I was in this situation, like no, I'm done. I die. Like I'm not even walking after that. Like I'm gonna be so re in so much fucking pain. <laughs> even if I'm not dead, I'm just gonna lay right there and I'm like, whatever fucking happens, I happens, will freeze dude. to I'm death. Not... Like I, I gave it my, I gave it my all. Tried to be a hero, failed. Yeah, I'm not moving from that spot. Like I would get like the GTA. You died on my screen. There's no fucking way I'd give up. But anyway, back at the lodge. Ed heard the gunshot because, by the way, Ash also tried to shoot Darby while he was blinded by the flashlight and she's rolling down a hill. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was just a very odd time to choose to use that gun. But um, Ed goes outside to investigate. Oh, there's also this line, too, where Sandy's like, how do you know it was a gun? He's like, there's only one sound in the world. Sounds like a gunshot or some shit like that. I don't know. I kind of respect the line. I like the line. I liked it. I thought Ed did pretty good, but you I know. liked it. I liked it because I people love fucking fireworks around here. And so every 4th of July, there's this thing where like everyone in the neighborhood's like, oh, my God, everyone's shooting off fireworks. I thought it sounded like a gunshot. I'm like, bitch, if you heard a gunshot, you would know it's a fucking gunshot. Hey, some of those fireworks be going crazy, though. I mean, they're crazy, but I mean, some of them sound like C4 exploding, but most of them don't sound like gunshots. <laughs> yeah. Like, bitch, if you knew what a gunshot sounded like, you would fucking know, okay? Like, I don't I don't need your, my bottle rockets, I thought it was a gun. Like, fuck off. Hey, Ed's a visionary, man. Ed, Ed knows his shit. So when he goes outside to investigate, he finds Jay just laying out 
right in front of the lodge. Like, she's just laying right there where she started. Like, apparently she ran in a circle, avoided Lars completely, and then I ended don't know up where right to back go. in front of the lodge and passed out. <laughs> and he's like, oh, there's a passed out girl right here. And Sandy's like, oh, what? A passed out girl? I guess you got to bring her in. Right after they bring her in, Darby gets back to the lodge and goes, No, 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 no. Tell me Sandy doesn't go, couldn't be, then who? Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Should we just say it? Sandy's fucking in on it. We'll Sandy's it a, a fucking second. bad guy. There's so many stupid fucking twists, but we'll get to Sandy like right now. Her reveal might be the funniest, though. She does some hilarious shit. But right after they bring the girl in, Darby gets back to the lodge and fills Ed and Sandy in on what's been going on. And then Lars and Ash show up and they're like, give me the girl. We won't murder you. So now a, another standoff, another fucking standoff. They all debate on what to do for a while. And after a little bit, Ash goes, hey, we got the girl's medication and she'll die if you don't hand it over. And Sandy looks up and she goes, they're right, you know. Which also, very specific, we know to trust Sandy when she says this because we know she's a nurse. She's a nurse, yep. So she's the fucking professional dude fucking over here. Bullshit. So this might have worked, but Ash didn't realize that Darby also had their keys because while he was choking her out earlier, he conveniently dropped his keys and Darby picked them up and hid them. Just another little little thing to note. Oh, yeah. That's why it's a standoff is because they can't leave. But they actually didn't even realize that for a while. They're having- It takes them a while, yeah. Yeah, like they're really adamant about keeping her and then they're like, all right, no, fuck it. We want to leave. And then like, oh, shit, we can't leave. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, give us the medicine. We'll give you the keys. So all of a sudden- Ash and Lars have a gas can that they pour all over the front of the lodge. I don't know where they got that from, because to my knowledge, they can't get in the van. They don't have the keys. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was unlocked. Who keeps full gas canisters inside your van? That's what I'm saying, too. And also, Lars was in the van earlier, and I feel like we saw a full shot of the back because Jay's back there. Darby's back there under a blanket. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't see a fucking gas can, a bright red gas can. I saw a lot of grays. No idea. So, around this time... Are you going to do the line? Are you going to do the line? Ed's line? Which which line? Uh, killed. Don't get killed for a stranger? I don't remember it. So, they're pouring the gas, right? And so, like, uh, inside, things are getting, like, more hectic. And they're like, they're going to fucking set the place on fire. What do we do? And it's like, no, we, we have the negotiation because we got the keys. And it's like, well, now they're going to set us on fire. They won't actually do that. They're pussies. They're, like, going back and forth. And uh, Ash is on the outside, like, getting ready to, like, light the fire. And he goes, come on, Ed. Don't get, don't lose your life for a stranger, man. Don't get killed for some stranger. And Ed goes, killed for a stranger? I'm a Marine, you idiot. It's what we do. He does have a lot of very out there lines. <laughs> and this is around the, around the time where Sandy's just going to start saying, ridiculous stuff like just the goofiest she's just going off back there like the whole movie she's kind of just like being a supporting character for ed and then toward the end she just turns into a comic book character she goes off bro so right now she pulls out some pepper spray and ed said something like oh i didn't know that about you and she goes i'd need a much bigger purse to fit everything you don't know about me (laughs) ha 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 That's, like, what the dialogue turns into halfway through the movie. And it's so weird because it's kind of there the whole time, but they go really hard on it in the last 30 minutes. It goes super hard, bro. It's a Scooby-Doo script. 
So right as Ash is about to set the place on fire, the little girl wakes up and she goes, Miss Lowry? And then it goes, flashback. Fucking Jay, the little 10-year-old girl, she's making a TikTok of Ed's wife, Sandy, because she's also, she's a nurse, but she's also uh, their housekeeper. housekeeper for rich people yeah. on the side. From what I understand, that part is also not in the book. Like, Sandy what? is connected to the family that way, but, like, the part specifically about, like, Jay being, like, an uptight, like, entitled rich bitch kid isn't in the book. What about Sandy being involved with the kidnapping? Sandy involved with the kidnapping, yes. Okay. But, like, it's it in the movie, they almost paint it like... Like, yeah, I'm going to get this fucking bitch kidnapped because she made me do a TikTok dance and she's mean to me and doesn't appreciate me whenever I clean up after her. Like, they kind of do this whole thing. And, like, the whole thing about Jay being, like, mean isn't in the book at all. Okay. That also doesn't matter either way. because It doesn't matter. Because she also explains her way out of that immediately because when Ed, Ed's going to question her soon and she's going to be like, oh, I did this because you spent all our money gambling. So she already gave a reason. She didn't need a reason to do it. Right. She already had a reason. She already told us our reason. her reason. Okay. Well, yeah, the TikTok. Um. <laughs> yeah, the TikTok. It's so fucking dumb, dude. It's just like, it's like how can we make this relevant? Oh, you know what's popular with the kids right now? TikTok. TikTok. Okay, I'm getting more and more annoyed. So there's also this flashback of Sandy speaking to the police about the abduction. And she says she was vacuuming upstairs while the robbers came in and took her. And there's just kind of like a cut scene of that happening. But like, you know, she's purposely ignoring it. It's very typical. I mean, you've probably seen it in any movie that involves any kind of abduction ever. It's pretty funny. This is where it kind of like makes you also think that like the guys are not very good at this because obviously they weren't able to like take her quietly. (laughs) Okay. They're loud as shit. They're acting like complete idiots the whole way through. And they call right after and they're like, we forgot the medicine or something like that. Or like she gave the wrong medicine or something. I don't know. He's like, you told us it was in a different spot or something like that. And he's like, you got to, what is, I don't even know what he said. It's so convoluted that I never cared to listen to it. Like both times I watched, he said, you got to like meet me somewhere to give me the medicine. But I don't know the specifics of where it was. Like, was it at the rest stop? Was he trying to go somewhere and they had to stop at the rest stop? It was supposed to be the rest stop. It was like, Hey, we're on this exit meet us here but then they got snowed in okay i think that was supposed to explain why they just happened to be in that location was the road was the road closed off both ways or was it just one way like that is very confusing because it probably should only be one way um because how are you going to just stop people who are trying to get back into town where civilization is the only place that they can stop is this one visitor center and at what point does the road to the visitor center if it's snowing so bad how do the cops even come later like that's what i'm saying it's it makes no sense there's no snowplow we should see snowplows and we do not you see know what there plows. is an exit it's the other way you go the other way down the road like uh, it, i feel like what they're painting in this whole thing is that like because obviously in the beginning her goal is to go that way to get to her mother because her mother's dying but after a while I mean, it matters to her, but that doesn't matter as much as what's going on in the moment. Right. She's trying to survive, obviously. Why can't you just leave and go the other fucking way? 
Well, I mean, to be fair, if it's an actual, like, winter storm and it's, like, uh, above a level three weather emergency, they can say that basically... It's just not safe to drive at all. Yeah, basically it's only snow plows, ambulances, police vehicles, things like that. Um, but that still doesn't explain how whenever help does come, it seems to get there with no problem. Okay, well, whatever. Those are some more plot holes. Just add those to the fucking list. Um, also, this wasn't filmed anywhere cold. Anytime it shows snow, it is the most fake-looking snow. Anytime someone comes in from outside, they don't have snow on them all of a sudden. Like, it's just... That's... It's it's pretty bad continuity. It's rough. That is a good point. No one ever looked wet at any ever. point in this movie. Literally never. Even when she falls down and slams her head on, like, fucking trees and, like, rolls through <laughs> snow. Yeah, that's... Okay. I have a note right here that just says, discuss how stupid this is. <laughs> What? Why? Why did I write that? <laughs> like, I get it, but what's around it? Is there anything else around it? Um, <laughs> just like Sandy. Like, oh, I think it's just about like Sandy, you know, being like, I want my cut and the medicine and meeting up at the lodge. I think what we just talked about. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. Just that whole fucking ridiculous plan. Yeah, I think I just for some reason felt like I had to remind myself to. Mention the fact that all of that was stupid. Why'd I have to write that down? Of course I would know that that's fucking stupid just by... Bro, that's when I wrote down, this is a game of Among Us where everyone is an imposter except two people. No, 100%, and it's fucking annoying. I, I thought... No, my review of this movie, I'm pretty sure, is something along the lines of, I hate playing Clue when everyone is the villain. You know? It's like, what? what's the fucking point? What is the point? What is a who done it if everyone done it? Everyone fucking did it. <laughs> Every single person did it. I don't I swear to god. I swear to god at the end of the movie, I expected Jay to just like sit up and look at Darby who's like almost dead and be like, "I was in it too, bitch. Where's my million dollars?" <laughs> I thought she was going to do it and then Darby was going to kill Jay and go, "Haha, that was my plan all along." <laughs> just to to kill a child. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she had, like, some money in it for her if she, like, double-crossed them. Dude, no joke. This movie would have been a hundred times better for me if Darby got the ransom money. Okay. If Darby got the... If, if she fucking killed everyone, took Jay, and got the, like, $8 million ransom money and pocketed it for herself and started her own life, I would love this movie. I would love it if it was all that, but she just did crack. <laughs> And then, like, got Jay hooked on crack too. Yeah, we gotta we gotta get through some of these these, these details because there's a lot to process at the end, dude. The end is so fucking stupid. I know it's, it's so oh, it's so fast but so long. Okay, you're right, you're right. Okay, so after this reveal, Sandy yells out, "He doesn't have a gun!" to Lars and uh, Ash. Fucking and then Ed is like, Sandy, right, dude? It was so annoying. And Ed literally, he, he said exactly what I said, like audibly. He looks at her and he basically goes. Bitch, what the fuck? <laughs> he's like, what are you talking about? What's wrong with you? Oh, my God. Because this whole time, they think he has a gun because he's acting like he has one. I mean, like, 18 years of marriage, and then for her to be like, he doesn't have a gun, come on in, and just sell him out like that? Fuck you, Sandy. And not only that, the second after she does that, and he's like, what is wrong with you? She just turns, she looks at Darby, and she just pepper sprays her in the face. <laughs> Which I will say, fucking funny. That was real funny. 
Like, just the timing of all that. He doesn't have a gun. What are you doing? Turn around, pepper spray. And she's just like, yeah, I'm running this shit now. What are you talking about? I guess. I'm so surprised that, like, no one just beat her up right in that moment. <laughs> she's the kingpin. Like, there's no way that if, like, I feel like a room of, like, sane people, even though there's only, like, three of them there, and even with Darby having pepper spray in her face and Ed being her husband... I feel like someone should have just, like, tackled her and, like, put her in a room immediately and been like, nah, get the fuck out of here. I'm sick of you. Shoved her out the hole in the back wall. Yeah, it took all <laughs> two seconds for me to be like, you gotta you gotta get her out of this situation. Like, just get her away. Yeah, so Sandy is bad guy. Yeah, Sandy's a fucking dick. So now that the cat's out of the bag, Ash and Lars come in, and Ed, and Ed asks, how did you even meet these freaks? And Lars goes, the internet. So, so they all same depiction by the way yeah perfect so they all argue for a bit sandy still seems to think that they're on their side until she finds out that they sell children into sex trafficking which should have fucking known that the whole time what do you think someone is kidnapping a child for if you're ever involved with like honestly i i i'm fully convinced that she's just playing fucking stupid she fully knew what was going on there's no way that you're ever getting involved where you're like in a plan where you're like yeah, we're going to kidnap this child. You're going to, like, put on some masks, take them from the house, and I'm going to get, like, millions of dollars. What the fuck do you think they're doing? Can we can we just say S Sandy is a complete dumbass? She's either a moron or is just, like, the most manipulative person in the world. Like, I know she is both, but, like, I don't know which one has more. In what world does she think she's getting the payday? In what world does know. she think she's even getting her cut? They They were never going to give her her cut. You think the people that are trafficking children are just going to give you a couple million dollars <laughs> because because you stood upstairs with headphones in? Right? The fuck did you even do? Did nothing. Like, I don't know. I know we shouldn't begin into the logistics of what she did for the kidnapping of this child and, you know, like, how much she contributed. But in the grand scheme of things, I just don't get the logic. They did literally all of the work. Your oh Your God. reward... Is the fact that you don't have to deal with this bitch anymore. Like, that's your reward, not your cut of $8 million. Her reward is just that she should be so lucky that the child traffickers she's getting involved with aren't smart enough to murder her. Right? She should be so lucky that they're so fucking stupid that she's lucky enough not to get her cut and still be alive. 100%. She just has to keep fucking pushing it. I'm sure if she didn't meet them at the rest stop, they wouldn't have even known how to find her. <laughs> they wouldn't have even followed up, dude. Right. There's no way. So at this point, since she knows what the real plan is, she starts to plead for them to go away. Yeah. That's her plan. That's her plan. She's just, hey, guys, go away. Just go. Just leave. But that doesn't work out too well. Ed gets shot in the face because she told him to go away. Ed gets shot. That pissed me off, like, genuinely. <laughs> that annoyed me. I mean, it's bullshit, but also at the same time, like, smartest move. Smartest move in terms of, like, you know, them. Yeah. But, like... Literally the only person here who is... Who, a threat, who really. is any sort of threat whatsoever. Yeah, because Darby would be more of a threat, and I guess when it comes to the end, I guess she was. But really, I wouldn't see her as a threat with the way everything's been going. Not until she gets her superpowers, because here, Darby gets... Not unless she has a flashlight. Darby gets half-crucified. This shit's fucked up. I do like that scene. <laughs> that was pretty messed up. I like that. I don't like it, only for the fact that they were using this nail gun as a weapon the entire time, and it was fucking stupid. It's kind of funny, though. Yeah, I guess at one point... um, 
Lars doesn't have a gun, so Ash just hands him a nail gun. We never mentioned that. And he, like, goes, like, hey, I rigged the safety, and now it shoots like a gun. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I like it. It's kind of cool. <laughs> it makes for a good crucifixion, and it makes for a good kill. Yes. <laughs> I like that word. So Ed gets shot in the face. This causes Sandy to freak, and she sprays Lars with pepper spray. Yeah, Lars gets maced. Which makes Ash shoot her. Yeah, so now Ed's shot, Sandy's shot, Lars is maced, Darby's about to get half-crucified. A lot of shit happens very quickly right here. A, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff, and it's not over because Sandy's not even dead yet. She goes to cry over Ed's dead body, and then Ash walks up behind her and hits her with the execution, shoots her in the back of the head. Yeah. After that, Darby tries to go for the pepper spray, but gets stopped in her tracks by Ash. And this is the best part of the movie because he holds her arm down next to the wall and he staples or he nail guns her fucking wrist into the wall pretty wild i like that that was pretty cool i don't care what you say about the nail gun i still liked it all right all right let's speed through the rest of this because so much happens right here and it's just my next note is whenever darby literally tells lars you're not that guy pal she legitimately looks him in the eye and says, you're not that guy, pal. That was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Okay, so basically they have a few minutes to try to get Darby out of the wall because Ash and Lars go to wash the pepper spray out of their eyes, and Darby gets Jay to grab a hammer from the corner of the room for her. This will come back in a second. So Ash and Lars come back into the room to get the keys, or to try to get the keys. Eventually, uh, or Darby is going to tell Ash where the keys are, but in the meantime, he kind of just pulls out his phone. He goes, by the way, your mom died. Ha <laughs> ha. Because that needs to be a plot point. Yeah, they just kind of do it for the fuck of it. Does not matter. The drug thing doesn't matter. Her mom dying does not matter. Like, honestly, everything that they're doing, they're kind of tearing apart why Darby should even have any will to keep going. And that's part of my problem. Like, at what point do you just say, I lost, and just fucking leave, Darby? Who cares if they got Jay? Who fucking cares? They already killed Ed. They already killed Sandy. Just get out of there with your life. She's a good person. I guess I'm just a bad person. Yeah, you're a piece of shit, dude. I am. Come on, man. Grow up, dude. Fuck Jay. What'd she ever do to me? I mean, what did she... Yeah, I mean, okay. <laughs> What'd she ever do for me? So Darby eventually tells him where the keys are to avoid uh, Jay getting shot in the wrist with a staple gun, or nail gun, and Ash goes off to find them. Basically, she just stuffed them in the snow, like, somewhere, and he's like, all right, I guess I'm going to go find them. Uh, cops are also on their way because she didn't get a text sent a long time ago and then he tried to unsend it and then it sent like hours later. Yay. So now Lars is watching over them and Darby decides on a plan. She knows Lars won't kill Jay so she goes she goes like, hey, go across the room and turn the lights off because, you know, lights going on and off is just like detrimental to Ash and Lars at all times. Oh, big time. They're very sensitive to light. What is that, dude? Why <laughs> Why is that a choice that they made? They're like some kind of alien or some shit. <laughs> so weird. So while this is happening, Darby pulls out her bag of crack and takes a nice big sniff before <laughs> she grabs the hammer and tears the nail out of her wrist. It's pretty brutal. And this is when she's like telling Lars, like, you're not that guy, pal, because like Jay's walking over to go turn off the lights. She's like, hey, stop it. Hey, stop it. And she's literally just like, you are not that guy pal it's amazing that was pretty great almost made me want to like this movie more so right as lars is getting the lights back on because jay did get the lights off darby slams him with a hammer and lars fires his gun and that causes ash to run back but darby is already holding lars hostage so standard standoff stuff how many times have i said standoff standoff 
Ash tells Darby to drop her weapon. She tells him to drop his, but everything gets interrupted when Jay hits Ash in the arm with a hammer and then causes him to accidentally shoot Lars directly in the forehead with a nail. <laughs> right in the middle, dude. Right between the eyes. This was such a, like, a morbid Three Stooges kind of moment. Like, if there was, like, a horror Three Stooges, this is what happens right here. For sure. Casey, go get 10,000 eggs. You get them. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, a oh, wise guy, eh? What's that? Shut up. It's so fucking funny. And I thought he died right then and there, but then he starts talking and moving around. I'm like, oh, okay, so it's not fully in there. Like, like, you're no, still alive. he's just maybe, like, lobotomized a little bit. Maybe maybe they can save him. Like, he's not in a good position. Right. But... <laughs> so, he almost made it out. He doesn't die immediately. Um, and, you know, Ash is comforting him. It's going good. He's like, hey, man, it's, you it's know, going to be okay. It's, it's not quite as good as... Stu and Billy at the end of Scream, but it's definitely giving off the same energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a little more love there, you know, I think. Yeah. Ash seems to really like Lars. He cares about Lars more than anything else. He does. So then as they're walking out, and he's like, it's going to be okay, Lars. Lars slips on, I think, his own blood, too. He slips on blood. I think his own it's blood. It's blood. It might be his own. You might be right, but it's just a blood puddle for sure. And he falls face first into the ground. And if you remember where his nail is, it's in the front of his forehead. And he literally just splats. Protruding out. Protruding out. Yes, just, yes. It's like falling hammered the nail the rest of the way into his skull. Like, you ever played Whack-A-Mole? <laughs> it's like the mole just got whacked right into his forehead, and it's very sharp. Oh, my God. It's, it's, it's pretty great. I do love this part. That's, like, one of my favorite kills of all time, maybe. I love that. That was pretty awesome. And this took so long, <laughs> might I add. That there is absolutely no excuse for why cracked out Darby hasn't shot Ash yet. I don't know. She does have a gun at this time, huh? She could have shot him as they were stumbling away. Oh, it's going to be okay, buddy. Let's get out of here. Bang. Game's over. I think I just stopped thinking about all of that and stopped mentioning it because at one point I was just like, you know what? You're just going to keep missing opportunities and that's how this is going to go. <laughs> that is how it goes. You're not wrong. Fuck, dude. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that does happen again. She could have killed him right then and there, but she doesn't. She's just trying to leave while Lars is trying to, like, leave separately. And I'm like, after all this, really? If someone puts a fucking nail in my wrist and I make it out of there, I'm killing them the first chance I get. Like, you you don't... She shouldn't have even come down from that adrenaline high yet, right? No! She ripped herself out. She's holding this guy hostage. He gets shot in the head with a fucking nail, and then... Your assailants just start stumbling away, and you just stand there and wait? What are you waiting for? Brutally destroy these people. And she just railed like half a fucking eight ball. What are you talking about, dude? She's like on fucking level 100 right now. But whatever, I guess. She doesn't care about them. But after the death of Lars, Ash turns into the Punisher. <laughs> I'll just watch the Punisher if I want to watch the Punisher. Uh, The Thomas Jane one? Is that the Netflix one? No. No. You should watch the Thomas Jane one. It's way better. No, what's the other dude's name? I can't remember. You made me forget his name. It's fucking... He's in Walking Dead. He's in... John... Ba ba John, like, John Berthnall. Berthnall. Is that it? It's like... Ber yeah, B-E-R-T-H-N-A-L, I think. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it. That dude. That dude. The other Punisher looks like shit, so I never watched it. I just don't like... 
don't know. I just didn't like the sound. And he, we're not talking about that. Oh, dude. Thomas Thomas Jane and fucking... Uh, what's his fucking face? Saturday Night Fever. John Travolta. John Travolta's the bad guy. He's like Kingpin. If John Travolta's Kingpin, I'll watch it. It's great. In that case, I'll watch it. <laughs> that sounds fucking ridiculous, dude. <laughs> that sounds so insane. Okay. That was like early 2000s, right? Or was it late 90s? It was yeah, it was early two thousands. It was really it was I think it was still before like the MCU proper started taking off. It was like more like the Tobey Maguire Spider Man days. Like two thousand two, three ish, something like yeah. that, maybe. So Darby and Jay try to drive off, but Ash walks out with zero motion, automatic nail gun in hand, and he sprays the car up as they drive away, like literally just like boom, 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 boom. Just like not even like I don't know. It, you gotta see it to believe it. <laughs> Did he think he was doing something? He did, apparently. He shot their fucking tire and they I crashed. Guess. So, I mean, he did. I guess. It's ridiculous. But he's not done with his Joker arc. He also has to burn down the building because he's fucking pissed. Joker, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, how else do you explain this, he's dude? The this Joker. dude is in his Joker He is Joker literally era. the Joker. He is literally fucking the Dark Knight when he's spraying the Tommy gun and then throws it down. And when like... he's burning the money and shit? Yeah, 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 yeah. So as it's burning... Dude turns over, and he heads to Darby's car right as the police show up. Time for another standoff. Basically, here's a quick breakdown. Cop tells Ash to drop his weapon. He won't do it. Darby intervenes while she's sitting inside the car, and she's kind of, like, ducked behind the car. She shoots Ash. That gets her shot by the cop because the cop just sees a fucking random bullet. Like, if she had so much time to shoot this guy, and she chooses to finally do it when the cop is right here looking at her. Yeah. Good job, idiot. And then, like, she's ducked under where she can't get shot, and then she doesn't try to say anything or do anything. She just jumps up. She's like, hey, wait, hey, I know I just shot this guy, but don't shoot me. Of course he's going to fucking shoot you, idiot. That's so dumb. A cop will shoot you for so much less. You think he's not going to shoot you for that? You know who used this ending and it was good? George Romero, when he made the first Night of the Living Dead, like, 60 years 69 ago. 69 or something like that, whatever the <laughs> fuck it was. It worked Jesus then. Christ. It's not working now. Fuck you. So after she gets shot by the cop, Ash grabs Darby's gun and shoots the cop. Now we're back to square one. Yep. Could have ended right before. Twist, 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 Could have ended right now, but then it fucking keeps going. Twist. Darby almost ends up losing the final scuffle, but she had a nice little screwdriver in her pocket that she sent into Ash's neck. Twist. Effectively ending this highly complex story. Twist, twist, twist. And then to finish everything off, Darby crawls over to the dead officer's body and radios for help. But it still isn't the end because we just go back to the fucking AA thing. You know, she's back in like a how? rehab thing again. You please tell me. Please tell me how you go through this experience. You survive. And the next day... You check yourself into the same motherfucking rehab? I'm going to, like, Catalina Island or something like that. You leave. You leave. I'm not going back there. You leave. You're gone. And even if I'm going back somewhere, I'm not going back there. That wasn't even where her family fucking lived. Yeah, I don't get any of that. And then her sister's been telling her to fuck off this whole time. I'm assuming that I don't even know if her sister knows about what happened. And then her sister's just there visiting her, and she's like... Oh, and they like hug and then it just ends. I feel I feel we're led to believe that essentially no one knows what happened. As far as all that they know is she broke out of rehab, came back, and that's it. 
I guess maybe she had to go back because a cop died there and shit and whatnot, and everyone was just like, well, I guess you were supposed to be here anyway, so going back there. Yeah, I guess so. And you're right. I mean, it's court-mandated. It's not like she had a choice. She was yeah. She was shot, and she just, like, waited for the EMTs to show up, so. Yeah, I'm sure she had to go to the hospital anyway, so I'm sure they just, maybe it was, like, a couple weeks later or something like that. Maybe right. her sister knows. I don't know. It's just fucking stupid. That That's the end of the movie. Yeah. I feel like I'm supposed to, like, feel good for her and, like, oh, she overcame and she found will to live and she's going to try to clean herself up and change. I, I don't feel any of that for her. I feel miserable for her that you survived all of this shit and you saved that girl's life and now you have to go back to that shitty rehab. Like, fuck that shit. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, and then if Ed survived, I would have felt a little better about everything, but I don't know. I liked Ed. So, no exit had five kills, no boobs. My favorite letterbox review was from Maverick, who rated three and a half stars and said, there was a door right there. The fuck you mean no exit plus ratio <laughs> and it really just gives me like fake plus gay plus you're stupid plus l plus ratio um this movie sucks love it. kind of energy you know what i mean i do this movie does suck one and a half stars okay yeah um i rate it two and a half the first time but now after talking about it like this and really pointing out all the annoying stuff i'm definitely going to i'm going to i i don't want to go lower because then I feel like when I go too too much low, like you know, when I like drop it too much after I watched it already, it just feels kind of disingenuous and feels like I get that. I don't know. I haven't watched in a few weeks. Um, I mainly just like the kills, like or I mainly like the nail going through the chick's wrist. I like the nail in Lars' forehead. Yep, both of those are good. I don't know. I don't. I I don't think it's a piece of shit completely. I think it is a piece of shit, but I think like you know it's shot well and like you know it has like. Like, there was effort put into parts of it, but I think the storytelling is just god-awful. Yeah, and maybe I'm not giving it enough credit, because you you did bring that up a couple times, that, like, the movie does look good. And you're right, it does look good. But the screenplay is so convoluted and dumb, and just some of these twists are just dumb, that, like, it's hard for me to get past it. Yeah, it's just... And especially when I think about how long it drags, like, I don't want to give it a two and a half because it's like an hour, 24 minute movie, but I swore to God I was watching this for three hours. It felt like I was watching The Shining. It felt very slow. And I would wa- I would watch The Shining before I watched this again. And to find out that this movie feels slow whenever one of the things that people like about the book is that the book never feels slow. It's like, mm. where did they go wrong? Like, what did they, what did they miss? You know? Here's the weird thing. As a... As a person who's never read this book, I don't like this movie. I can't imagine if I read the book, I would like this movie more. I feel like I would like it even less. I think that's most likely true. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a two. And I wouldn't recommend anyone watches this. I think it's kind of a waste of time. Like, it's not, you're not going to, like, I don't know. It's not the worst thing you can watch on, like, if you're just watching something for the fuck of watching something. But it's not worth it. You could watch, like, anything else that's going to entertain you a little bit more, you know? Yeah, I mean, here we go. Let's compare it to the other movies that we've recently watched that have commercial people in them. Which one would you recommend? Wells Within beats this for sure. I, I 100% agree. They're so similar, but Werewolves Within still had a little bit more heart and style that it's it's definitely more enjoyable. Wells Within at least like felt like it was you know trying things, where this was like, other people have tried things, you want to do those things? <laughs> 
neither of us will recommend this. I'd give this a uh, this is a this is a cream of mushroom soup. It tastes like shit. Yeah, mushroom soup for sure. Well, thank you to Leon Uchia for suggesting another uh, fucking piece of shit. I guess uh, the other one was better. This one's a piece of shit. Um, but he picked it using the uh, the Patreon.com slash horror soup pick a movie tier. If you're not familiar, it's a fifty dollar tier and allows you to send in uh, two movies to me. One of which I choose to discuss right here on the show. You get a shout out. It's your own episode. Leo, this is your episode. You bitch. Um, <laughs> we have a fuck Mary Kill James. All right. You got Lars. Of course. You got the nail gun. Oh, God. And you got me. Well, shit. Um, you know what? Kill the nail gun? Okay. Because I can't imagine fucking it. Seems rude. Okay. Um, fucking you, and I will marry Lars, because Lars was just misunderstood, my guy. You're gonna marry a misunderstood person? That seems creepier. No, it's gonna be great. I'm gonna, we're gonna have a great life together. He's a nice guy. He just wants to, okay. he just wants to help the children. What do you plan to do with him? I have no idea. <laughs> okay, I don't like that at all. Okay. I don't know, I feel like Lars would get, like, really into, like, fucking model trains, what are you going to do to the model trains? Oh, we're just going to, like, build a really awesome train track, like, all through the basement. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well. Or, like, Hot Wheels. I feel like he'd be, like, a Hot Wheels guy, you know? I don't like that. Okay. <laughs> so if you want to be heard and acknowledged on the show, you can send in a horror movie-related question or story to us. Either write it a question and send it to horrorsoupyahoo.com. Or record a two- to three-minute story on your phone and send it to, again, horrorsoupyahoo.com. Uh, and if you enjoy the show, leave a five-star rating and review on uh, whatever you're listening on, like Spotify, iTunes, or just whatever. I don't really care. Leave it anywhere. That's probably good wherever it goes. I don't know where it goes, but it's probably good. That was No Exit from 2022. If you want to hear more of me and James and other people, we do a ton of bonus contents on Patreon. There are bonus episodes. There are uh, sometimes early access stuff. There's ad-free stuff. There is uh, commentaries. There's Tales from the Crypt episodes. There's Twilight Zone episodes. There's uh, Amityville stuff, extra Amityville stuff. There's a bunch of stuff over there, you know? There's a bunch of stuff, and uh, you can check it all out at patreon.com slash horrorsoup. And uh, if you don't know or listen, I host another horror movie podcast called Scream. That's an exclamation point at the end. It's horror movies. Me, Ash, Elena from Morbid True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for more horror content from me and my buds, go check out Stream. Stream. <laughs> go check out Scream. <laughs> it's on any audio streaming platform. And check out James' other show. He does Night Shift Video, NSV13, Commercial Extreme. That's the new name. That, that scream, scream, um, scream, scream, scream. That's the other one. Sorry. And the best ways to keep up with everything Horse Soup and Night Shift are to follow the Instagrams at Horse Soup and at Night Shift Video. Follow my Twitter at Horse Soup Sucks. And follow us on Letterboxd. Uh, I am at Horse Soup Caleb. James is at Night Shift Video. And uh, anything else you want to tell the people, James? You know what? Cocaine gives you super strength. Cocaine gives you super strength in paradise. Cheeseburger in paradise. I like that. Um, thank you to Ross Lee for our intro and outro music. Thank you to Tom just for being a sick ass dude. And uh, Mute Members Only Club Tom. Ha <laughs> ha. Peace out, guys. See ya. Grubs up, baby, grubs up. Give me Harasu, give me, give me Harasu, give it, give it Harasu, Harasu. Would you like to be a Harasu? Would you like to be a Harasu? Would you like to be a Harasu? Would you like to be a Harasu?
you like some bread? I'll do you a slice with a pinch of salt. It'll taste really nice. You've done really well, cause this stuff tastes just like hell. Swallow it down, it'll fill up a hole. Stick out your tongue and look out your bowl. We're having a bite with creatures of the night. Grubs up, baby, grubs up. Give me horror soup, give me, give me horror soup, give it, give it. Grubs up, baby, grubs up. Give me horror soup, give me, give me horror soup, give it, give it. Horror soup, horror soup, horror soup. We'll keep you well fed. It's gorgeous smell, could wake the dead. Vegetable is just forgettable. If your energy's low, you know what to do. Simply double on down some of this spooky stew. The wine and dine a hungry Frankenstein. Grubs up, baby, grubs up. Give me horror soup, give me, give me horror soup. Give it, give it. Grubs up, baby, grubs up. Give me horror soup, give me, give me horror soup, give it, give it horror soup, horror soup. Let me be your sweeney toad, your private chef, I'll be your just dessert. You can even drink it from a cup, I'll do the washing up, I'll do the washing up. I'm getting full, my belly's gonna burn. Horror soup, give me, give me horror soup, give it, give it horror soup. Horror soup. He can't even look after himself.